0: that's just a promo to support what we're moving forward again we're dealing with all of our finances from giving to debt-free if you haven't had a chance to do the d-free program want to encourage you to sign up as soon as you can i promise you you won't regret it come on let's stand and pray together before we receive what god has for us isn't god good to us Amen. amen amen anybody love the lord anybody love him anybody love him amen Amen, God bless you Let's bow for a word of prayer by your heads And repeat these words after me The Lord is my shepherd I shall not want He makes me To lie down In green pastures He leads me Besides The still waters He restores My soul He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You prepare... A table before me in the presence of my enemies you anoint my head with oil my cup my cup my cup my cup, my cup runneth over and surely 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 goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. You may be seated. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. We are grateful today, Lord, for your presence and your protection. Have your way this day in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise for who He is today? Amen. Amen. We've been giving our praise team a little bit of a rest, but can we bless Shay for that worship today, y'all? Did Shay lead us today? Yes, yeah, she took us to the throne room of heaven today, and we praise God for her and for all that the Lord is doing. Just a couple things I want to say here uh, at the onset. Um, Just to kind of set some things here. Uh, One, we are going to pray for our kids uh, at the end of service as we want to lift them up. Many of them have gone back to school, and we surely want to lift them up and pray for God's protection. And so we will uh, do that today. Also, too, um, I know you probably saw on the slide, the last Wednesday of the month, uh, we're going to do a corporate prayer because we really want to start really trying to get people back into the services physically. We, we love you to be online and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but God dwells in the midst of his people. Amen. Amen. He dwells in the midst of his people. And again, not throwing shade toward anybody, but we want to encourage you to do that. One of the things that we're seriously looking at, uh, because many of my parents just can't get their kids ready by 9 a.m., we're going to slip the service probably for an hour to 10 o'clock, starting in October. In October, and you'll get more information on. It. I'm just kind of planting the seed today, but we're looking to slip the service to 10 o'clock, as we want to get a lot of our people back. A lot, lot watch online, and many have told me, Pastor, I just can't get my kids ready by nine. And the children's ministry talked to them they said, Pastor, that would help us out a whole lot. But we want to get everybody together, and we want to really get people back in the flow. Of being in the presence of one another we appreciate the online ministry let's say amen. amen. we appreciate that but God does something special when God's people gather together in his name amen, amen. and so we want to do that as well we want to encourage that to all the men I want to encourage you, if you hadn't had a chance check out registration in the foyer with the men's retreat I know some of us are concerned about the the COVID and all that kind of stuff we're taking the extra precautions uh, if you want your own room at no extra cost, we can do that as well. So we really, really have a great retreat plan. I believe God's going to meet us there. We had a great one a couple of years ago before the pandemic, and we really want to get back in this rhythm. And so brothers would love to spend some time. We get so busy. Uh, we only know each other on a surface level. But when we do a retreat and we do things together, we get to really know each other And God has a way of connecting us in a way that we can build some lifelong relationships with one another. And so I want to encourage you to do that. Check it out. And I know the Lord will bless you. Amen. I want to hit this. um, And even though I'm I'm going to be here next Sunday, I normally take my vacation in August. And I guess I threw everybody off. I'm going to do it in September this year. But I'm going to tie a bow on this series with today's message. I believe I'm going to go in a different direction next week. Uh, as I get prepared for my vacation, take some time off with my family. But uh, this, this message, I hope, is a word of encouragement to all of us. Um, we did talk a bit about giving in this series. I'll mention this again. You know, we said as a standard at Christ Community, we'd like for all of our people to be at 10%. Uh, we know that's not feasible for many, but what I want to encourage you is that you can always start with God somewhere. Amen. Amen. And that's what I want to encourage you more than anything. And really today's principle will help you get there. And you'll begin to understand what God is doing with your finances as a whole. And I believe in this principle. It's something my wife and I have lived by since we've been married. And when we've operated by this principle, God has richly blessed us far more than we could possibly imagine. And I want to encourage you. And I've known people who have lived by this principle. And not only have they had good financial health. They got financial wealth, y'all. And so I believe in this. I believe it's biblical. I believe it's what God expects of his people. And it's the way God pours more our way if we operate that. So I just want to encourage you that start somewhere with God and watch God bless you in a powerful way. So let's look at our meditation scripture for today. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 6 through 8. Here's what it says. But godliness actually is a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment say contentment Amen. for we brought nothing into the world and we can't take any of it with us anyway that's an archery translation there <laughs> ah, if we have food and covering or shelter with these we shall be content and in hebrews chapter 13 verses 5 and 6 this is our main text here's what it says Make sure that your character is free from the love of money. Being content with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. So that we confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? I got God on my side. What can man? possibly do to me and I want to talk about the secret to giving the secret to giving Uh, this principle I think is vitally important I think it's missed by a lot of Christians unfortunately but yet I believe it's critical not only to just giving but it goes hand in hand again as I said earlier for financial health and even building wealth that God may shovel your way Matter of fact, I would say this principle alone will help you sleep a night about your finances. And there's a great illustration of this principle in the Scripture. Uh, It's a comment that's made about one of the Old Testament patriarchs, the Old Testament patriarch Abraham. And the comment is like a eulogy. Uh, Abraham has come to the end of his life. He has died, and the narrator comments, gives you a summary eulogy in one verse about his life. And here's what he says in Genesis 25, verse 8. It says, Abraham breathed his last and died in a ripe old age, an old man, and satisfied with life. Huh? I like that. Satisfied with life. What does that mean? It means he died Having lived in life the, to the fullest. It means he died holding nothing back. He left it all on the field of play. It means he died without any regrets. He died without any if I could have, would have, should have. It means he died with a smile on his face. It means he died not wanting to return to this earthly existence. Abraham died satisfied with life or satisfied. With the life he lived. In a word, Abraham lived a lifestyle of contentment. He was content with himself and accepted who God had made him to be, wasn't trying to be like anybody else. He was content with God's purpose for his life, even though God may have been doing something different in somebody else's life. He was content with his successes, even though his successes may not have measured up with the world's standard for success. He was content, yes, even with his failures, because he knew that God was able to bring him through every single failure. He was content with his choices, some good, some bad. But through it all, how many of y'all know you learned to trust in God? You learn to trust in Jesus. He was content with the life he had lived. He died satisfied with life. And this is my premise, church. The secret to giving is a lifestyle of contentment. The secret to giving, the secret to life, the secret to satisfaction, the secret to the fullness of life is not to get everything that you can get, but to live a life of contentment and to be satisfied in Him. And I can already see on your faces the voice of hesitation in your minds as to what does it mean to be content. But let me just say a few things about what I believe God is saying with contentment and what he's not saying. Let me back up. Let me say what I think we hear. We think we hear something that God is not saying about contentment. Number one, contentment is not complacency. Contentment doesn't mean we settle or accept our financial or social lot in life. That is somehow that the way life has already been constructed, that's just the way it is. I'm going to always be this way. That's not contentment. Matter of fact, Abraham, who we just opened up with, the Bible says he went out not knowing where he was going, but he went out believing that God had something better for him. So contentment is not complacency. Contentment is not the absence of desire. It doesn't mean that we have to turn in our ambition or our desire or goals for living. As a matter of fact, I've come to the conclusion that if we operate by God's uh, idea of contentment, God has a way of giving us even more. If we're satisfied in him, God has a way of even satisfying us with more when we find our satisfaction in him. Because with contentment, we learn to be prepared for the more that God wants to bring our way. And contentment surely is not living in poverty. In a word, many people think that somehow contentment means I got accept. My financial poverty, I'll always be broke. Grandmama was broke. Mama was broke, so I'm going to be broke. Interesting, when I was working on this, the Lord brought back to mind a story that one of my college friends told me. When he was second grade, he went to school and all the kids had to tell a story or tell what their fathers did for a living. And so one kid told his father was a teacher Another kid said his father was a pilot. Another kid said his father was a musician. When it came to him, he told the class his father was a broker. He said the teacher looked at him and said, what are you talking about? I know your parents. He said, why did you say your father's a broker? He said, well, my daddy always talking about how he broke all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and some folk live like that. You think that how, somehow... You're supposed to be broke for the rest of your life. That's not contentment, y'all. That's, tell your neighbor, that's foolishness. That's not contentment. No, but let me give you a working definition of contentment. I want you to get this. Contentment is the state of satisfaction experienced while living within one's means. Being thankful to God for what he's already done. Can I say that again? Tell your neighbor, this is a teaching Sunday. This is a teaching Sunday. Tell your neighbor, we're going to learn something today. Contentment is the state of satisfaction experienced while living within one's means, being thankful to God for what what he's already done. In a word, contentment is being comfortable with who you are and what you have right now. And if God decides to give you more, praise his holy name. And here's what I have discovered about God. How many of y'all know if you're thankful for what you already have, does anybody know God can give you more of what you don't have? So contentment, contentment means I'm thankful for the home I am in now instead of upgrading to the one I can't afford. Contentment means I'm thankful for the life I have now instead of wishing I had somebody else's life. Because you don't know all the H-E-L-L they hide and that you don't see. Preach, Alterie. Contentment says I'm thankful for the spouse I have now instead of upgrading and trading them in for a newer model. Preach. Contentment says I'm thankful for the money I have now instead of spending it all up as if I don't have any money. It's simply being thankful for what I have and living within our means. And so what I want to do today, I want to share four simple principles that I think can help us experience God's version of contentment that can help us experience that peace of mind, but also watch God bring so much more into our lives that we'll be everything that God wants us to be. Number one, we got to learn about money. That is, contentment means learn about money without falling in love with money. Learn to use it rather than allowing money to use us. Look what he says. Make sure that your character is free from what? The love of money. Jesus even touched on this in Matthew 6, verse 24. He says, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't serve God and money. Money is not the root of all evil. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil. Money is a tool for many things. The problem is we tend to fall in love with the tool, and you don't have to be rich to love money. Say amen. Some broke folk love money now. (laughs) You know I'm right about it. Either you will own your money or your money will own you. So here's my word. Stop working so hard for your money and learn to make your money work for you. That's what that means. Make your money work. Make your money sweat for you. Some of us, we don't hold our money long enough for even to do any kind of work for us. As soon as we get it, we spend it. You, you got to hold on to it for a little while if you're going to get some work out of it. Amen. Make your money work for you. And I've been sharing this for, for years. And some of you are aware of it. Some of you may not be, but I'm going to give you the model that Lisa and I have been living by for 30 plus years, and how we divvy up our income in percentages, 10% plus, right off the top, we get that to the Lord, bless his holy name, because if he don't get the first, how many of y'all know he's going to mess up the rest? <laughs> so he get the first, 10% plus, sometimes it's more than 10%, we, plus, whatever. The next one, we match it with another 10% or plus, with savings Retirement or investments. And can I plug a footnote? We need footnote here. We need to upgrade from lottery to investments. Because I've been in Texas for quite some time and I've seen about five or six billion dollar lottery opportunities. Ain't none of them hitting Texas yet. Say man. And the money we spent on the lottery, we could have had a nice little saving. And a couple of vacations by now, because we're hitting the lottery every week. Preach, Pastor, I am. I'm gonna preach it all day. And so what's left is about 75 to 80%, and you learn to live not on the 100%, you live on the 75 to 80%. And as you do that, God will build your 20% as you hold on to your 75%. Oh Lord, first few years, my wife and I told this story, and I'll tell it to you again. First few years in our brand new home, we had everything, brought our old furniture from our old home. We didn't put new furniture in the in the, in the living room. It was empty. It was so empty, kids thought it was a playroom. <laughs> They'd go down there and play. Matter of fact, when we finally put furniture in there, they were mad. <laughs> That was our playroom, no? That was, that was our living space. And quite frankly, we, we did that because we, we could have stretched ourselves. We could have, we could have made it happen, but then we would have had sleepless nights. If there was a bump in the road, we would, something would have had to give, give, and we would have been living close to our means. And so we made the sacrifice. And quite frankly, anybody had an issue, issue with it, I said, let the Lord not hit you where the good Lord splits you. Because it's my house and we pay the bills at this house, amen. So a couple things. Number one, I want I to talk to couples here for a minute. I'm, I'm raising this because, number one, you got to have transparency in your marriage about your money. Y'all sure getting quiet. Because some, some of y'all like these little mafia hoods. You got you some getaway money. Just in case, Pastor, I just don't know. I don't... <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what this joker gonna do. I don't know what she gonna do, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Got you getaway money. You don't know. (laughs) Well you shoulda known when you said I do. Oh my goodness, cause here I believe this, I believe this, God blesses unity. God blesses unity, he does not bless division he does not bless division, a divided house. He does not bless a divided house. You, you may be unified in the bedroom, but if you ain't unified in the bank house, he ain't blessing that. And so what I've always tried to encourage couples to do, listen, you ought to have one big pool for your household, and you pay all your bills there. You do your ties, you pay your investments, you pay your mortgage, you do all your entertainment. And then if you want to give an allowance to each, then you do that. That's how Lisa and I roll. We, we have our separate allowance. She do what she wants with hers. I do what I want with mine. But everything first goes into the household bucket because God blesses unity. God blesses unity. If you can bond the marriage, you should be able to bond your money. Preach, all three. Number one, learn about money. Number two, beware of the comparison game. It says, being content with what you have. Let me, let me give you the New Living Translation. Be satisfied with what you have. Ah. That's why Paul says to Timothy, we brought nothing into the world, and we can't take nothing out of it. Here's my principle right here. Stop counting other people's blessings. Be thankful for what God has given you. Stop trying to keep up with the Joneses when they are one step from bankruptcy and they more broke than you. Stop thinking that the grass is greener on the other side only to discover when you get over there it's a cheap piece of artificial turf. Stop the comparison game. We spend too much time looking at what somebody else had, and then we say, I got to have one of them. Get your own, and let me give you something for free. God is not going to bless you trying to be somebody else. But the moment you decide to be you, that's when he said, now you're ready for the blessings I have coming your way. Preach, I am. Ah, too much comparison leads to unhappiness, too much comparison leads to low self-esteem, too much comparison leads to bad financial decisions. And let me say this, when we compare ourselves to others, remember, we're only seeing half the picture. You're not getting the whole story. Facebook is nothing but a highlight reel of somebody's strengths. And so we see their strengths and we start thinking about our weaknesses. And then we start wishing I could be like them. No. They got weaknesses worse than you. They got anxiety worse than you. They got depression worse than you. Matter of fact, they probably fronting. They probably got less money than you. Be aware that, well, pastor, what are you trying to say? I'm saying know your own strengths and focus on those. Be comfortable in your own skin. Because God wants to bless you as you. Great quote, a flower does not think of competing with the flower next to it. It just blooms right where it is. And somebody God is talking to, would you just bloom right where you are? Just be what you can be. I say it like the late Kobe Bryant. He said it like this, you may dunk on me, you may score on me, you may even beat me every now and then, but you will never outwork me. In other words, there's one thing you always do well. Dr. King said it like this, if it falls to your lot to be a street sweeper, sweep streets like Michelangelo painted pictures, sweep streets like Beethoven composed music, Sweet streets like Shakespeare wrote poetry. Sweet streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth will come to say, now here was a great street sweeper and he did his job very well. You just be the best you and don't worry about what you see in the lives of other people. Tell your neighbor, don't be comparing yourself to other folk. Number three, monitor your spending. If you're going to live a lifestyle of contentment, you got to monitor your spending. Trivers twenty seven twenty three 27, 23, know well the condition of your flocks. Pay attention to your herds. Pastor, I don't have cows and sheep. Yeah, but cows and sheep was money back then. They knew where their cows were. They knew where their sheep was. You need to know the condition of your money. And I'm going to use a D-free phrase here. Know your spending leaks. Know your spending leaks. Spending leaks are those impulsive, non-necessary purchases that we make. We go in the store with a grocery list of ten things and we come out with thirty-five. That's a spending. That's a spending hole. That ain't a leak no more. That's a hole there. Preach, Archery. Oh man, listen to this. In the United States of America alone, people spend one thousand four hundred. And ninety-seven dollars a month on non-essential items, items they don't need. Eighteen thousand dollars a year on stuff they don't need and rarely use, rarely use. Just excited, like Christmas tree. Oh, I just got to have it, and they buy it. And look, I used to work. I used to work in the retail business. I did sales, did consumer sales. And most of the money is made by the cash register. That's why you got all the, the, the potato chip bags, the snicker bags, the cookies. All Look at all the end caps around the front where you walk out. Because they know if they can get you there, that's where they make the money on you. Because they're looking for an impulse. They don't want you to think about it. That's the name of the game. And so $18,000 a year over 25 years. Do you know that's a healthy, that's a healthy uh, bounty right there? That you can be paid, and we got to be careful that we're not sacrificing our future for a moment of pleasure. Got to be careful. Well, y'all are so smart; I can tell. You ask me the question, well, Pastor, what do we spend our money on? Y'all ask great questions. Number one, restaurants. Y'all getting quiet on me again. I'd be the first one to say I like to eat out. Matter of fact, after service, we gonna go to eat out. We going out to eat. I'm gonna tell you but you can't go eat out three, four times a week. Matter of fact, mama said you ought to cook on Sunday. Preach. Because you know what mama cooked on Sunday was better than what any restaurant could serve you. Come on. Number one, restaurants. Number two, drinks. Chris, is this thing on? Is it on? (laughs) Is this thing on? (laughs) Because you can't just go get a meal. You got to get a dessert, an appetizer. You got to get a few mimosas. You got to come. Number three, takeout. See, there go your offering right there. Restaurants, drinks, and takeout. There go your offering right there. There it is. I just found your offering. There it is right there. there. There's your offering right there. No, no, number five, impulse purchases, we just talked about that, vacations. Nothing wrong with taking a vacation, but six times a year? Electronics, clothing, here it is, personal grooming. Let's, let's, just, say, let's just say when I was coming along, the hair industry was not booming. Today, the hair industry is booming, baby. Why y'all gonna look at me like y'all don't don't know what I'm talking about? The hair that we add, the hair. It's booming for men and women now. Preach, Autry. The men are doing it too. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Don't make me get my barber. Say something. He'll... he'll. (laughs) Online shopping, gym membership, and we don't even go to the gym. TV and movie... Uh, Streaming services. Okay. 18. (laughs) But you're using it. At least you're using it. I'm talking about the folk that don't use it. (laughs) Here's my point. We say we can't afford to give. Here's what I'm challenging you. And I do it every time I do a series. I'm going to challenge you. For a month, keep a receipt or keep track of every penny that leaves your bank account. First of all, do you have the discipline to do it? And here's the second one. Do you love God enough to be a good steward, to show him that you can handle what you have so that you can handle more? That's, that's the second thing. And I guarantee you, your income will go up 35% when you see how much you're spending. And you'll find your offering. You'll find it right there. Keep a receipt of everything you spend for one month. One month. That's all. And it's going to scare you how much money that goes through your hands. Oh, let me keep it moving. Y'all looking mad at me. Let me give you a quote. Don't Don't give up what you want most for what you want right now. Last one, trust God with your money so that we confidently say the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? Hear me. Here's my principle. You can't put a price on God's presence. You can't pay for God's presence. It's some stuff. I'm going to tell you right now, the best doctors on the planet, the best lawyers in a courtroom can't get you out of. Only the God in heaven is not. Have I got a witness in here today? Anybody know? Has anybody ever been in something? Have you ever been in a situation the best doctors on the planet couldn't get you out, but you just talked to God about it? Next thing you know, God told you to run on and everything was all right. Anybody know God is the only one that can get you out of some stuff? There's some folk that can get you out of trouble. There's some folk that can help you with some difficulty. But I've been in some stuff where my friends couldn't help me. They couldn't help me. But God stepped in at the right time and made it right. You can't pay for God's presence. You can't pay for it. You can't pay for his presence. Israel. And I'm gonna close with this and we'll get ready for our communion. Tony Evans, pastors in the Southern Dallas area, gives three kinds of givers that you have amongst Christians. He says they're the flint givers, the sponge givers, and the honeycomb givers. He said the flint givers, you gotta hammer them. He says when you hammer them, you get chips and sparks. <laughs> they just so angry. He said, for the sponge givers, you got to squeeze them. He said, if you squeeze them, though, you'll get something out of them, but you got to squeeze them. He said, but those honeycomb givers, they just naturally ooze with sweetness. The moment you talk about the offering, the moment you talk about what God has done, they already know. They can't even wait to give because they know how good God is being." They, they ooze with his love. They ooze with his sweetness. And they can't help but share the sweetness with others because they know how good and sweet God has been to them. And my question to you today, Christ community and friends, what, what kind of giver are you? Are you a Flint giver? Are you a sponge giver? Or, or are you going to pray like me? I want to be a honeycomb giver because God has just been too good to me and God has just been too sweet to me and because of God's good honey he's poured on me i want to be a honey giver honeycomb giver to God because his sweetness continues to overflow anybody know anything about the goodness and the sweetness of God in your life <laughs> hallelujah that's my prayer that's what i want to be father we bless you and thank you again for this word we thank you for this time we thank you for the lifestyle of contentment and yes there's a lot of bad press in the world about it but we thank you for the truth and Lord I truly believe it's the one area that you want to bless us this is it you choose to bless us here and I lift us all up and thank you for the heart and the openness that I sense in this place to receive what you say to all of us as we examine our finances and we examine our giving. So now as we come to the Lord's Supper, God, would you bless us? Would you meet us by your Spirit? You surely met us today in the worship. You've met us today in this service. Would you meet us in this moment and show us how you want to grow us when it comes to the secret to giving. Thank you, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.